Good morning. My name is Minu Kim, associate pastor here at St. Stephen's. I want to welcome all of you once again, and also those who are joining us online. I'm also going through some seasonal stuff, so please excuse my low energy, uh, sweaty palms, although you don't see it. Uh, so uh, Today's scripture message uh, comes from uh, Psalm 23 uh, of Beloved Psalm that we all know. But this comes from a different uh, translation as uh, compared to what we are familiar with. So here is the word of us, uh, word of God for us today. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads in right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Pray with me for a second. Oh, shepherding God, you are with us. You are with us, as the scripture says. So as we come before your presence, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. Oh, Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today's sermon is titled, Blessed are those who feel alone. Blessed are those who feel alone. I'm sure you have heard of this phrase, uh, the loneliness epidemic. Loneliness epidemic. People worldwide are feeling alone right now which we believe was, the, was only exasperated by the recent coronavirus pandemic. A survey from 2019, uh, which is before COVID, done by Sigma, uh, revealed that around 60% of people in the U.S. reported feeling lonely on a regular basis. A different survey from 2020, which is after COVID, the beginning of the COVID, revealed, and this was done by Harvard, revealed that around 36% of people in the U.S. reported feeling serious loneliness. And this feeling of loneliness is something that we all experience regardless of our age or life stage. Again, from the first uh, research done by Sigma, uh, Sigma, it says that our young adults, unlike our assumption that the elderly would be the loneliest in our, in, our, in our society. But in fact, it is our young adults, the so-called the Generation Z, uh, are the loneliest group in all generations. It is also reported that pervasive loneliness has real consequences for our health and is more threatening than cancer. Loneliness can lead to depression, Dementia, strokes, 
and early mortality. And its negative health effects on our body is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So the topic of loneliness, this topic of loneliness is a relevant issue and also a public health emergency. And there is no way I can address this topic sufficiently with just a few hours of research. But what I can do as a, as a, as a preacher who is no stranger to this feeling of loneliness, what I can do today, this morning, is to share about how Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel, is good news to those who feel alone. I believe the preposition with is the most important word in our Christian faith. And I want to note that this was heavily influenced by Samuel Wells, who was the dean of the Duke University Chapel when I was studying, and his teaching of incarnational ministry. The word with reveals the desire of God the Father. It reveals the mission of Jesus the Son, and also reveals the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The word with also reveals who we are and who we are to become. Let me explain. I need three volunteers. I need three volunteers. Just three. And we're going to just walk around. Three. Yeah, please come. This is me going back to my youth pastor days. Come here. We need one more person. Please come. Come, come. So as Christians, we believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, but three in persons. Like this, it doesn't make sense. And more I, more I want to talk about this, the more I, I'm going to get in trouble because it doesn't make any sense. But one God, but in three, but this one God is revealed in three distinct persons. In other words, this is a community, community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our, our early church fathers tried to understand this impossible trinity with this word perichoresis, which literally means to make room around, to make room around. Do you want to try making room around with in, in circle, so you, you make a room for her, uh, you make a room for him, and you make a room for her. So make a room around. Just, you know, yeah, just, just make, make around. So we, we circle around, right? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you go to his place, you go to his place, you go to his place. Yeah, yeah, making a room around. So this, this movement of whirling around, this word of perichoresis reminded early church fathers and modern scholars of this image of a dance, that these three, in their mutual indwelling and interdependence, in their love and harmony, in their affection for one another, is constantly making a room around. So we see these three partners dancing in one motion, in one circle, 
So this is how we try to understand the three-in-oneness of God, this dancing around, this divine dance. And when you, why don't you hold hands and kind of like circle around with smiles? <laughs> so this is a beautiful motion. And then you know that this dance, this dance cannot be done without trust for one another or even this desire to hold hands with one another, right? Thank you so much. You, you may return. So now, with this picture of three-in-oneness of God, this trinity, this word perichoresis, think about what this triune God said in Genesis chapter 1. Let us make humans in our image according to our likeness. What does that make us with this understanding of perichoresis? What does it mean when we claim that we are created in the image of God who dance around in three, in one? We are, by nature, social animals. We are created to be with one another. We are designed to belong in a loving community. And perhaps the Garden of Eden is the initial portrayal of a loving community with God and with one another, a reflection of perichoresis. But we know what happened soon after. We turned away. Our love failed, and we were separated from God, leaving our home behind, the home where what God first intended us to be to be part of this loving community. So we were separated, yet the Old Testament reveals that God's love remained steadfast despite our sinfulness. God says to Isaac, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you and make, you, make your offspring numerous. God says to Jacob, know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. And it is said to Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. Moses extended God's message to the people of Israel, saying, be strong and bold. Have no fear or dread on them, because it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. God says to David, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to the prince, to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went. God says to the people of Israel through Isaiah, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And God says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. God says to Israel through Haggai, Haggai, I am with you. So it is God's desire 
to be with us humanity, but despite God's desire to be with humanity, we, the people, and in the Old Testament, the people of Israel continue to fail over and over again. And perhaps the message of God with us was not convincing enough for those who simply received, received messages through their prophets and high priests. The everyday people wanted to experience God with us in a more profound way, a more tangible way, a more personal way. And Isaiah spoke of this longing of the people, saying, Oh, that you, you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. And this is the context into which Jesus emerges. He is called Emmanuel, which is God with us. God came to be with us in human form, to live with us, to walk with us, and to eat with us. Now the message of God with us is received not through the words of the religious leaders, but through our personal relationship with Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus is also called the perfect image of God. Jesus reveals what God first intended humanity to become, to belong in a perfect union with God and with one another. Following Christ means becoming like Jesus. And becoming like Jesus means restoring the image of God within us. And that means coming home to the loving community of the triune God. And Jesus gave us both commandments and examples of the restored image of God. He showed us how to be with, to love God, and to love our others as ourselves. And even as Jesus ascended, we are gifted with the Holy Spirit who is to be with us forever. And the church is a community of disciples who remembers that Jesus Christ is with us always to the end of the ages and end of the age. Thus, our Christian faith has a lot to do with this word with. Being reminded of God who is with us and us responding by being with God and doing this together with one another and being sent out to the world to be with the hungry, to be with the thirsty, to be with the stranger, to be with the clothesless, and to be with the prisoner. That's why the word with is so significant in our Christian faith. When it comes to loneliness, we often fight or flight. The fight or flight response is our automatic physiological reaction to something stressful or frightening. When we fight against loneliness, we tend to use other people as commodities to fill our void. Relationships and communities become just helpful transactional tools. Thus, we fail to engage with others in meaningful ways, and we only hurt others in the process. We just float from one group of people to another. And despite always being with people, we continue to feel alone. 
And when we flee from the feeling of loneliness, we continue to go down the rabbit hole of loneliness that leads to serious health consequences. It is said that those who are chronically lonely tend to interpret neutral kinds of social interactions as more threatening, thus becoming more isolated. And when we become more isolated, the further we cut ourselves off. So the unattended feeling of loneliness only begets loneliness. But instead of this fight or flight reaction, what if we recognize and validate this feeling of loneliness as our own? In one of the videos I watched on loneliness, the narrator ponders if if the feeling of loneliness is our body's way of telling us that we need to reach out and connect with others. Again, the narrator ponders if the feeling of loneliness is our body's way of telling us that we need to reach out and connect with others. In this understanding, the feeling of loneliness is not a bad thing or something we should be ashamed of. That is also what the medical world tells us. Loneliness, even when it's chronic, is not a diagnosis. Rather, it is a natural bodily response, like hunger or thirst. In other words, feeling lonely is part of being human. It is something that we all experience, regardless of who we are. And I want to even go further by saying that the feeling of loneliness can be a gift of God reminding us of who we are and reminding us of our, the image of God that we are created to be. We are whom God created to be in communion with God and with one another. The feeling of loneliness is like the voice of God, the voice of the good shepherd calling us by name, telling us to come home to the loving community of the triune God. And that's what today's scripture reading tells us, giving us this vivid picture of what it looks like to be at home. To sheep, the presence of the good shepherd is home. To sheep, the presence of the good shepherd is all they need. This home is a safe place for sheep to be themselves with all their fragility and dependence and imperfection. They don't have to do anything, don't have to do more, or don't have to, do, don't have to be better. Sheep are simply called to trust in the good shepherd who paid the price to make them his own. They simply enjoy the presence of the good shepherd who knows each of his sheep in, 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 in detail. Sheep do not... They are stubborn, and they do not lie down unless all four requirements are met. First, they have to be free from all fear. Second, they have to be free from friction of, with others of their kind. Third, they have to be free of pests, insects, and parasites. And lastly, they have to be free from hunger. The, all of these four requirements need to be uh, met in order for sheep to lie down. And it is the good shepherd who provides sufficiently 
to have them lie down and rest. Sheep, therefore, lack nothing in the presence of the good shepherd. The presence of the good shepherd, however, does not exempt sheep from going through adversities. They will face threats and dangers. They will fail and fall. Yet sheep are confident in the presence of the good shepherd who is with them no matter what, who gives them comfort and guidance. Thus, sheep testify, I will fear no evil because you are with me. If sheep are aware of the good shepherd's steadfast love that has been pursuing after them all along, why would they not want to be with the good shepherd their whole life? Why would they not want to be at home with the good shepherd? Our Christian discipleship is like this sheep-shepherd metaphor. It is us following our Lord all days long journeying together with our trust in the one who provides sufficiently. It sounds paradoxical, but this faith journey itself is us being at home. This journey of restoring the image of God is us being at home. And us being at home is us being with, us belonging in the presence of the triune God with one another. And in light of this metaphor, I like to imagine the feeling of loneliness as the good shepherd calling us by name, telling us to come home. Come to me, you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Blessed are those who feel alone, for it reveals who we actually are. We are fragile, imperfect, interdependent people who cannot journey alone. Not only does it take a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village for us to live out the life, the gift of life. We need each other. We need a community. We need to belong in something that is bigger, bigger than ourselves. These are our basic human needs. And most importantly, we need the good shepherd who laid down his life for us. This is our basic Christian confession. And the good news is that this good shepherd laid down his life for all of us, welcoming all of us to his fold. In his conversation with uh, Kate Bowler, the author of our devotion, devotionals, on this topic of loneliness, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy ponders if meaningful relationships are like the pettings in life that allow us to sustain ourselves through a lot of the inevitable ups and downs, like how our muscles work as pettings that make us less susceptible to injury. I believe we as a society has lost a lot of these paddings in our lives for a variety of reasons. And my prayer for our church, for us as a collective, is to become a place where we can rebuild these muscles, 
where people can build meaningful relationships with God and with one another. A place that reflects the loving community of the triune God. And a place where we feel at home in the presence of the Good Shepherd, who is Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.